This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. Hi everyone. In this episode I want to talk about personality tests and also a bit of a self-care framework that I have come up with that if you've been following me for a while you've probably heard about or read about already but I wanted to share it today just briefly because it sort of leads in really well with this uh, this conversation around personality traits which I believe is an important thing to discuss and to be aware of because it can help us shift out of that comparisonitis sort of state that many of us get in, which is actually quite detrimental to our to our own health and well-being. So one of the key tenets of, of my life, I suppose, is that one size does not fit all. This whole journey about self-care for me has been about figuring out what actually works for me And realizing that I'm the expert on my body and my life and other people have a lot to offer and there's loads of, uh, you know, research and information out there, but not all of it is going to apply to me in my situation and and figuring out who I am and, and what my own personal needs and desires and limits are has just completely changed my life in terms of my health but also in terms of my happiness so you know and my overall well-being i think this is really relevant to the to the teacher well-being conversation as well because we know that as teachers the students in our classes are all different and we need to cater to their individual differences we need to differentiate the learning that we are facilitating for the students in it, in our care we know that we get that uh, and most of us try really really hard to do that as much as possible you can always do more in that area, I think, but um, most of us do as much as we can to support our students in that way because we get it. We get that they're special little snowflakes and they're all different and they're going to need different approaches as well. And yet what we see, and it's certainly a conversation I've had with many teachers, is that we are asked to differentiate for the students in our class, but As adults, as the adults in the school, the teachers, the the other staff members, many times there's no differentiation for us. It is one size fits all uh, in a lot of the expectations and a lot of the demands for us. And and that was really detrimental for me early on in my career before I realised and before I I fully understood my own um, body and the the needs, you know, the, the particular physical limitations that I had that meant that actually maybe I couldn't keep up with some of that. So I, somewhere along the lines, I came up with this little uh, acronym, or it's actually probably more like an acrostic poem, um, using the, the letters of the word self-care and turned it into a bit of a framework. And I just did this for me. It was just something, you know, I, I like to make meaning out of things. And it was just something that I was doing as a fun little activity for me to figure out what my um, what worked for me and I probably did this after listening to or reading Gretchen Rubin talk about her 
personal commandments. She has a list of personal commandments that um, I'm pretty sure she talks about in her book, The Happiness Project. And we're going to come back to Gretchen Rubin in a minute because she's been hugely uh, influential in my life, um, unbeknownst to her. <laughs> but I, I also have a list of sort of personal commandments that that are rules that I try and live by. So, and that I that I try and remind myself of in t- in times of frustration or difficulty. And you know, Gretchen Rubin had recommended to sit down and come up with my own list, so I did. And then out of that came up with this self care acronym. Um, so some of my personal commandments include listen to my body, um, remembering that I'm a human being, not a human doing that I should do one thing at a time, that I should, or that I want to speak less and say more, uh, that uh, I am the expert on me. So all of those are are kind of little rules that I live by. The self-care acrostic, (laughs) um, I kind of call it my self-care manifesto, even though the word manifesto sometimes makes me cringe. Um, But that's what it is. It's, it's my little manifesto for my life. And so the S in the word self-care for me stands for self-knowledge and self-awareness. And then we're going to come back to that because that's really what this episode is about. But that's the S. The E is for expressing emotions with a particular focus on expressing them um, in a healthy and productive way uh, because many of us have coping mechanisms that either have us suppress our emotions or we express them in a way that's that's not healthy or not productive. So, yeah, expressing emotions healthily and productively. Um, the L and the F are sort of interchangeable. I haven't decided if the L stands for look for the good and the F stands for forgiveness or if the L stands for let it go, meaning forgiveness, and the F stands for find the good, which is, you know, is also about gratitude. So uh, gratitude and forgiveness are those two kind of main tenets there. The C stands for making a real commitment to yourself because self-care is, is about you. It's not actually about anybody else. It's about your relationship with yourself. So the C of self-care stands for commitment because I believe you need to have a strong commitment to your own health and well-being in order for it to be achieved. It's not going to happen otherwise. The A stands for affectionate attention because that is a... That is what mindfulness is about. It's about affectionate, non-judgmental awareness and attention of what's going on around you and and what's going on within you, you know, what's actually your experience of the world and observing, so watching rather than being in the movie of your own life all the time. So that A of affectionate attention is about my desire to really, really foster mindfulness in my life. The R stands for reflect and refine because, again, there's no one size fits all even for your own life and your own practices, your own well-being practices. What works one day may not work the next day. Life circumstances change, preferences, interests, you know, your, your body changes over the course of your life. So keep continually reflecting and refining on what's working for you and what's not working for you. And the last E stands for enjoying the journey and the process, you know, now, rather than thinking that, oh, when I get to that place off in the future, then I'll be happy. When I've achieved X, Y, Z, then I'll be happy. That's a recipe for long-term unhappiness because we never reach that point. 
as soon as we get there, there's something else off in the future that we have to get before we can have happiness. So that just reminds me to enjoy the journey and the process now, even when it's not perfect, because as Gretchen Rubin says, the days are long, but the years are short. So enjoy them while they last. So that's my little self-care acrostic poem. It's something that, like I said, I just created for me and, and it was a way of I suppose tying together a lot of the research that I had done and the training I'd received in you know meditation and mindfulness and personal development and coaching and and that real uh, I suppose understanding that there is no one size fits all and and one of the things that I really struggled with especially in the first couple of years of my teaching career was comparing myself to the people around me you know in the staff room and in my life that were uh, perhaps not struggling with the things that I was struggling with or perhaps they were able to keep up with the demands of of one particular aspect of the profession or another in a way that I, I couldn't keep up and I, and, in, and I was beating myself up about that and that was actually making the situation worse because instead of acknowledging that maybe I needed some help or maybe I needed to do something differently or maybe there was something, you know, and there was <laughs> some some health conditions that I had that applied to me that didn't apply to those people, uh, that I needed to to factor in, instead of looking at and, and acknowledging those things, I was actually ignoring them, which, you know, ignoring problems doesn't make them go away. <laughs> Very frequently, it makes them get worse. So that comparisonitis was a real problem for me early on in my teaching career. And it's something that I know a lot of teachers that I speak to really struggle with as well. And they don't have to be in the early phases of their teaching career. It can, it can in fact, be the other way that the, the, the more experienced uh, teachers in the staff room can feel a sense of um, frustration and, and can be comparing themselves to the, the fresh young graduates who are booming with energy in the first term because they, you know, that's their first experience of, of being out of university and in the classroom and, and they've got a lot to give. And so sometimes it's, it's the teachers who've been around a while who find themselves comparing to, to that. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trap that we can all fall into. And I think acknowledging it is important. And then what can we do about it? So the the biggest thing I think that we can do about it is to acknowledge that it's happening and then to realize that it's futile. Comparison is futile. Um, there is no one size fits all, and we need to differentiate for ourselves because just like learning in the classroom health happiness and well-being is is something that that needs to be differentiated for each individual so something the the first s in my little self-care acrostic poem is about self-knowledge and self-awareness and and the reason is if we don't know who we are and what our needs are and we're not tapped into and aware of what's going on for us it can be much harder to implement strategies that actually work for us and support us and and you know very frequently what ends up happening is we are trying to compare ourselves to the person next to us doing what what we perceive is working for them but not realizing that we're a different person and therefore that may not be working for us it might even be detrimental to us um so one of the biggest ways that i have done that in my life has been through personality testing and personality trait awareness so and and there's a I'm going to list a number of them that have been very helpful for me in my self-knowledge and that have 
a couple of them in particular have completely changed the way I approached the world and completely changed the way I showed up in the world because once I had accepted myself um, for who I was instead of trying to change who I was, I actually was able to get more done because I was working with myself and my tendencies rather than against myself. So the first one, and it's probably one that you would have heard of, is the Myers-Briggs uh, the Myers-Briggs test. Um, if you're not aware of it, um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a website called 16 Personalities, which is not the official Myers-Briggs website, uh, but it is one that has a bunch of free information about it. I really want this episode to be useful for you, and, and I am going to list some personality tests later that are, are paid. You have to pay money to, to take them, but I'm not recommending those today uh, purely because I, want, I, I don't want money to be a factor in whether or not you can gain a little bit more self-awareness. So 16 Personalities, the website has... Um, has a whole bunch of free resources on it, including a free little test that you can go and take. And um, and the the result of the Myers Briggs you know system is that and that there are about sixteen personalities, and they're based on four letters. So um, you you will get a series of four letters that will will kind of sum up some aspects of your personality. And I want to make clear that even within these personality sort of frameworks, there's no one size fits all, and um, you got to take them always with a bit of a grain of salt. So the Myers-Briggs, um, really, really briefly, the letters, the first uh, column of letters will be E or I, which stands for being an extrovert or an introvert, which is about where you get your energy from. So it's it's not about shyness. Um, there are plenty of, of introvert people, people, um, but it's about whether or not you need time and space alone to recharge your emotional energy and physical energy some people get to the end of a really busy week at work and they cannot wait to go out and spend the evening with you know a whole bunch of strangers and and networking or whatever and that that really recharges them for others that's going to drain them even further and they need either small gatherings or just some time and space alone to chill out and recharge and we all need a bit of both but it could because that introvert extrovert continuum uh, introvert extrovert scale is a continuum so you can be anywhere along the middle of the continuum but that's the e and the i the second column is going to be n which actually stands for intuitive um, or s which is sensor and that's to do with the way you perceive the world are you are you very observant and and noticing lots of um, external physical things or are you a bit more intuitive and um, perhaps having some answers come from internally uh, without observable external information. The next one is uh, F or T, which stands for feeler or thinker. I, you know, that's pretty obvious, I think. Are you a, a very logical person who, who thinks things through, um, with, you know, without emotion or are you a more emotional person who makes decisions more often compared to feelings? And the last one is P for perceiver and J for judger. And they don't mean... <laughs> what the words might automatically make you think they mean. So it's actually more about um, a person that has that P element is going to be much more of a go with the flow kind of person. Uh, and the person that has the J element is going to be more naturally organized and more naturally wanting schedules and routines and things a bit more, a bit more structured. So when I realized that I was a J and every member of my family is a P, <laughs> my mother, my father, my sister, 
her husband, so my, my sister's husband and also my husband, all have the P um, sort of go with the flow trait and I don't. <laughs> it made a lot of sense um, for me just about the way some of the interactions had been in my life um, and the, just the different viewpoints on the world that, that we had shared. So um, just understanding that can help with your experience of, of the world and with relationships too because I'm more understanding of the fact that they don't necessarily, you know, my husband doesn't necessarily want to put everything in the calendar and schedule it forever, um, but I do. <laughs> so just understanding that has helped me be um, more compassionate of myself and also more compassionate of the people around me. The next one is the big five personality test. And and this one is um, probably the, this is the one that I think generally, particularly more so than Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs is, uh, was created back in the, about the 1950s, I think. Um, and, and it's not, uh, over time, I suppose, it's become less scientifically valid. It, it really wasn't as um, as validated as, as the big five personality um, trait model, uh, which is similar. It, it sort of measures some of some similar things like extroversion, um, but it also measures um, openness to experience, conscientiousness, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And you know, everybody's sort of on a scale on on those five indicators. So I'll put a link in the show notes to some places you can do that test for free as well. Um, Again, there's many places in the internet, you know, in the world of the internet and in in the offline world too that, that you can take these various tests and some are paid and some are free. Uh, obviously, the free ones are generally less comprehensive, but um, I think when we're talking about just getting a, a general awareness of, of yourself and your tendencies, it's uh, it's really valuable to at least start with the free ones, but also to take them all with a bit of a grain of salt as well and if they don't quite resonate for you and you think that's not right for really my experience of the world well listen to that too because you are the expert on you the next one that um really changed my life so the the myers-briggs and the big five one both test something called extroversion uh, or in myers-briggs you know the first letter is going to be e or i and if you've paid any attention at all to the kind of personal development world, you're probably aware that uh, intro- being an introvert has has really been quite celebrated in the last five years. And a lot of that's thanks to um, a TED Talk and a book by Susan Cain. Um, Susan Cain's book is called Quiet, The Power of Introverts. And it was a big deal because for introverts, having that awareness that, wow, hey, we're not exactly the same as maybe all the other people around us, the extroverts, but therefore there's actually nothing wrong with me. I'm just different and I can embrace who I am rather than reject who I am, you know, that changes a person's experience of the world. So so that introvert-extrovert uh, continuum is probably the most well-known in terms of, of personality traits. Um, and, and it did, you know, realising I was an introvert, um, a very chatty introvert, uh, did, did change my experience of the world. And realising that made a difference for me, that I, that I needed time alone to recharge. And that that wasn't wrong. That was just different to perhaps the people around me. So that that was useful for me. Um, the next one that really made a big difference in my life was uh, the work of Dr. Elaine Aron around the highly sensitive person or HSP. Um, and this is really, it's not 
it is to do a little bit with with emotional sensitivity, but it is much more to do with um, having a more finely tuned nervous system. So um, if you want to do a test on that, um, you can go to hsperson, so hsperson.com forward slash test forward slash highly hyphen sensitive hyphen test. And um, there you can can do the test from Elaine Aaron, uh, which is which is about 20 years old now. Um, and it was really important for me because it helped me accept, again, the parts of myself that perhaps were uh, different to those of the people that were around me um, and, and certainly different from what the media portrays as normal or expected. Um, and in fact, highly sensitive people make up about 20% of the population. And, and Dr. Elaine Aaron has a fantastic book on this. She did a PhD back in it, on it back in the 90s and there's been loads of research since. And so on her website, in, you know, under the frequently asked questions section, it does say, um, you know, many studies have used this measure, often published in top peer-reviewed journals, although some researchers will call it something a little different, not HSP, but, for example, biological sensitivity to context. So it is a real trait and um, it has been studied. And, you know, if, if it's um, – I don't want to tell you too much information about it because knowing too much about something – in advance can kind of slightly skew your results. But if if you are someone that, if you think you've had some slightly interesting um, physiological and emotional responses, you know, perhaps more strong than the people around you to uh, the same events, highly recommend go and check out this quiz because um, it was a really influential thing in my life when I figured out that I was a HSP. And, um, you know, I changed some of the way I approached to life accordingly and it's made a big difference for me um the next one uh the next two that i would suggest well actually there's a whole bunch of quizzes on the authentic happiness site um, from penn university or the university of pennsylvania um which is really where martin seligman the the founder of of positive psychology um has put a lot of his knowledge and his his tests so Within that, the, the main one I would recommend, if you go to www.authentichappiness.sas.upenn.edu, uh, you can find a whole bunch of questionnaires there. And the one that I would most highly recommend is the VIA Survey of Character Strengths. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other quizzes there, um, and you just need to make an account, but they're free to take. And I highly recommend them as well because they are... They've been taken by thousands of people now and uh, they're, and they're really psychologically valid and they're also, again, about focusing on like that via strengths test. It's focusing on your strengths. It's not supposed to be identifying ways that you're wrong. It's supposed to be identifying things that are perhaps stronger in you than characteristics that are stronger in you than, than in other people. And once you know that, you can work with that rather than against it. Uh the last one that I really want to talk about today is Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. And, and this is uh, probably the least psychologically researched of all of those other um, tests that I've recommended so far. And links to these will be in the show notes, by the way, at uh, www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. Um, but Gretchen Rubin has come up with a framework of four tendencies um, 
that are less about personalities overall and more about the particular way each person responds to internal and external expectations. And so the four types are upholder, obliger, rebel, and questioner. Now, understanding that I was an obliger changed my entire world because all of a sudden I had so much more self-compassion and I understood that I need, I'm a person that needs external accountability to get things done. It's as simple as that. So rather than trying to um, waste a whole bunch of energy uh, worrying about and trying to change the fact that, you know, I'm not getting up at 5am every morning to go for a run by myself um, or I have a, a yoga DVD at home that I have done twice in the probably four years that I've owned it, um, instead of beating myself up about that and trying to change that about me, I just got a yoga membership and now I go to yoga several times a week. Simple as that. I just needed that external accountability to help me achieve the goals that I have for myself. That's why I have a coach. That's why I'm involved in a couple of business accountability groups because it keeps me on track. Not everybody needs that. You know, an upholder or a questioner doesn't necessarily need external accountability in the same way to achieve their goals. And for a rebel, it can work against them. So if you understand that, you'll know that some practices are going to work for you you know having a coach might not be the best thing for a rebel unless that coach understands the four tendencies you know it just allows you to work with yourself instead of against yourself and stop wasting energy and time working against your your natural tendency accept and embrace how you are and work with it uh, and you'll get way more done plus you're going to just have a much more pleasant experience of life there's a whole bunch of other personality type tests um you know the disc analysis many of you might have done oz identities if you're in an australian school um the colby index strengths finder how to fascinate um the love languages test there's loads of different ones um a lot of those other ones like the colby index and strength finder and stuff they're actually paid tests i haven't done them myself um i probably will at one stage because i quite like finding out things about myself but uh, I really wanted to give the resources today that you can go and do. You can, they're free to access. They're online. There's information about them. And you can go and do them. Find out some of those basic things about who you are. Are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Are you someone that prefers rules and structure or prefers to go with the flow? Um, are you someone that needs external accountability uh, or are you someone that, that works against? You know, understanding that about yourself just can help you on your journey through life and it can help you uh, achieve greater levels of health, happiness and well-being. You know, as I always say, you're a person first and a teacher second. So figure out who you are as a person and that's going to help you in the classroom and at work as well as in all the other areas of your life. So that's that's what I want to leave you with today. You know, if you are if you have been comparing yourself to the people around you, if you're struggling feeling frustrated with the one-size-fits-all approach of, of many, many areas in life, understanding some things about who you are and the way you naturally uh, show up in the world can really, you know, it can really help. Nothing might change externally, but your understanding of yourself has changed and therefore your approach to the world can change. Um, if you want to see more about uh, the, my little self-care framework, 
um, my self-care manifesto. I did an infographic of it um, the end of last year. So I will put a link to that in the show notes. It is in the blog somewhere way back from, you know, the end of 2016, but I'll put a link in the show notes to it. Um, and if you sign up to my newsletter, you can get it as a free download. So head on over to www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast if you want um, to have a look at that. So I highly recommend doing some of these quizzes to find out more about yourself and really reminding yourself that there is no one size fits all and you are a person first and a teacher second and therefore you can find the self-care activities that work for you in your situation. I hope that's helpful for you. Have a great week, everyone. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there. 